Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Get ready, Seattle, for the biggest live podcast event of the year. This July 30th, Northwest Film Forum is going to explode. Not one, not two, but three local podcasts go head to head. Funhouse Family, Save the D8, Shifties. This awesome mind-twisting action from 7 to 11 p.m. Watch as the Funhouse Family discusses the local art scene. See the Save the D.A. crew improv a D&D story that you'll never forget. And stare as the shifties regale the masses with how tough it is to be in the workforce. Plus, all those with the best handmade name tags will win awesome prizes. Watch them all battle it out under one roof. Northwest Film Forum, July 30th from 7 to 11. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the urge. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Funhouse Family Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Taves, and today's guests are Pilar O'Connell and Marcus Gorman. And later we'll be joined by Timothy Aspic and his Uncle Wayne. So why don't you stick around, and welcome to Purgatory. Join us. I would say, like, soft goth. Um, yeah, I think, like, like soft goth, like, but everybody, I felt like, in the theater department was in soft goth, so yeah. I didn't feel special. What are some features of soft goth? Like, I go to Hot Topic, but afterwards, uh, I go to Dillard's and buy, like, lip gloss and underwear with my mom. And Marcus, how about you? Uh, I was voted most unique. I have no idea what it meant. They didn't tell me it was happening. And at the photo shoot, I was not told about it. So it's a, just an empty picture. Oh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, basically just a nerd um, whose hyperactivity um, either charms people or gets them very far away. <laughs> so they like told you nothing about the photo? Like they didn't tell you? I don't, this, this was 2000, so people didn't really have cell phones all that much. So, um, it just didn't cross my way. Maybe I was in rehearsal because I did uh, theater in high school as well. I played sports most of my life, and then once I found theater in high school, I immediately quit every single sport. And just dedicated to the theater. Yes. Um, well, hello, Funhouse listeners. I'm currently sitting with uh, Pilar O'Connell and Marcus Gorman. Both Marcus and Pilar are active theater artists based in the Seattle area. They both have extensive experience acting, writing, directing, producing, and coordinating in the Seattle theater arts community. Um, Marcus and Pilar, thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank Hello. you. Um, so, uh, for listeners who are not aware of you, could you give us a brief history of who you are? So, I think we'll just start with Pilar and then we'll go over to Marcus. And... Totally. Um, my name is Pilar O'Connell. Um, I've been in Seattle for 10 years. I would say six of them are active in the theater here. Um, I am. I would be probably predominantly or at first known as an actor. I've acted kind of all over the city. Um, and then a director, and now I'm moving into artistic leadership. Uh, currently, I serve as the Associate Artistic Director of Seattle Public Theater, um, and that also includes casting. But most people in Seattle would probably know me as an actor or a director. Nice. And Marcus, how about you? Uh, I am a local playwright. I've written shows including Peggy the Plumber Who Saved the Galaxy, Deers, which won the People's Choice Gregory Award for Best New Play, and Natural, which co-starred 
Pilar right here. That is true. And um, I occasionally act. I uh, was a part of a troupe called Danger Switch, and I have worked with the Libertinis. I'm also a programmer at the Seattle International Film Festival in categories for New American Cinema, WTF, and New Directors Competition. What's WTF? Uh, we keep changing what the T means. It is uh, wild, terrifying, fantastic, I believe. So genre stuff, thrillers, horror, things that are just kind of atypical. We always end up programming a lot of horror, but we don't mean to. Yeah, it just kind of falls into that. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's whatever comes across your path every year. So um, my first question for you guys is, uh, how have you seen the Seattle theater and art scene evolve over time? It's kind of a big big question, but what's the first thing that comes to mind? How has it evolved for you? So whoever wants to tackle it, what do you think? Less uh, cis-head white dudes on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, less plays about that. Less plays by them. Uh, more, uh, yeah, just I would say more diversity. Um, depending on if, if you feel like folks are a minority or not, but yeah, that's what I would say. How does that intersect with uh, being the casting director? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I feel like as a casting director, right, that your entire job is to, you're the first person to get people into the room, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter what is being cast, the pool is there because of yourself. So going into every, looking at every play, reading the script, right, and just being like, who is, who's right for these roles? Families don't have to look alike. I know some, like, that's just not something I'm interested in, so right. they never do. Um, I feel like as a casting director, yeah, it's your responsibility to keep those folks coming in the room to going out and finding new people in shows and seeing them and cultivating talent and mm -hmm. cultivating diverse talent versus just using the same pool of 10 people. Right. And Marcus, how about you? How, is, how do you feel like theater or art has evolved in Seattle in your time here? Um, mostly what Pilar said. Yeah. Um, I have noticed that people are being far more critical of the same shows being done again and again, usually the ones by cishet white men. Yeah. And they are still happening, but with slightly less frequency, yeah. um, at least from my perspective. I can't prove that with any statistics. Yeah. Um, but it is nice that people seem to be going out of their way to see Stranger Things. Right. Because... Not the show Stranger Things. No, <laughs> no, not even close. Same, same things. So, um, um, what a, in, in just not in terms of like, not only in terms of like um, specifically demographics, but like what other, like have you seen different like trends in terms of like different forms of theater, like specifically like genres of plays? Like is there, like sometimes like there, I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, have you, because something I see is a lot of like solo work. And so that's something I've seen, like, um, Intamon has been producing with uh, Sarah Porklove and the Emerging Artists. It's all about, like, solo work. Is there similar trends that you've seen, like, in that same kind of vernacular vein? Um, I will say one thing and one thing only, 90-minute one acts. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I love that. Sorry. <laughs> what, what, Huge what is it about the 90 minute one act? Um, like so I, I have a problem with intermissions in general. Mm -hmm. I know theaters use them to sell things, but I think that's predominantly why theaters have intermissions. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I if I get on the horse, I want to stay on the horse till the end of the ride. Mm -hmm. I don't like having a break, but mm -hmm. I also like to 
like I'm kind of a masochist, so things like that are for me really work. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, some people they don't like that. Yeah, they yeah. want the potty break. They want to be. Yeah, to right. And... They want to go outside and smoke a cigarette, things like that. But yeah. that's um, for me. It's just I like to be in it, and yeah. then when I'm out of it, be out of it. Right. Yeah. It seems a little archaic the intermission. Right. You know, and and it does, and it that's most times in working and producing in theater. It's like. Yeah, we need it for bar sales. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a sort of like perfunctory type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What about you, Marcus? How do you like? What in terms of just like uh, um, um, maybe like antiquated or archaic like things that you're seeing? Is that sort of dying off? Like, where are we seeing new trends? I guess. I don't think it's dying off so much as I'm not seeing them anymore. Yeah. Okay. Because there's plenty of companies out there. Seattle has, what, 160 theater companies in the greater metro area? Wow. And you can pick and choose quite quite well. Uh, mm-hmm. My sister came up from uh, Berkeley. She works at Berkeley Rep now. And she, she said, Seattle's so fringy, I didn't expect this. Because I was mm-hmm. giving her options of what to see, and she chose Norda, which she thought was a fantastic experience. Right. Um, so we have, I guess, what other cities don't have that I would expect to have. Yeah. I thought San Francisco would be fringy, but apparently not. So what sets, maybe that's just a good question to lead into, like, what sets Seattle theater apart from other cities? Like, what do you see? I mean, I've never worked in another market yet. Mm-hmm. I'll probably, um, but I would say, uh, see, probably uh, Seattle's interest in developing new work. Okay. Uh, and we do have a lot of houses that are really interested in developing new work from the fringe all the way up to the equity theaters. Mm-hmm. I also think um, uh, whether or not the new work is good or relevant is one thing, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we do have our bigger houses are, um, they do actually put time into finding new work, whether it works out for them, we'll see. But that is uh, probably what I would say yeah. as far as what Seattle has. How do you two define fringe theater? Uh, literally or figuratively? Oh, whatever. Well, I know that, so like there's the equity houses, the big houses, that's yeah. like the Fifth Avenue Theater and whatnot. And I know that in terms of budget, there's only three legally mid-range ones. That's Seattle Shakes, mm-hmm. Book It, and one other, mm-hmm. uh, Taproot. Mm-hmm. And then the, everything below that is technically considered fringe. Gotcha. Just in terms of yeah. operating budget. Yeah, right. it depends on the budget. So Seattle Public, we just moved into the mid-range budget. Right. But then, yeah, get that money. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, and I would say for me, when I define this question, I defined it as a performer. Sure. Um, fringe level for me is usually it's a stipend, a small stipend. So I'm gonna go budget first. It's small stipend. Yeah. You're there uh, because you want to make this art. You're not there to make this art as a job. Right. You have another job. Mm-hmm. Um, then the equity theater is uh, for me. That is you are paying for you. you that is your job. Gotcha. And it's in the daytime, nine to five, mm-hmm. and you're making a substantial amount of money. Gotcha. Gotcha. So for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? So kind of going back to your roots, like what was your process like entering into this scene uh, when you were first starting out in Seattle? Like, go. Go back in time. <laughs> well, I moved here in 2009, but I wasn't working in theater at the time. 
I kind of fell into theater accidentally. Um, my my wife is a burlesque performer, producer, and host, mm-hmm. and she knows uh, the Libertines quite well, and we had seen their work. And then uh, when a show in 2014 called Gone Wild came around, I auditioned. We both auditioned, and we both ended up getting cast in it. Nice. And I ended up making very good friends with the Libertines mm-hmm. and developing work with them for another few years. We did Atomic Falls USA the year after, mm-hmm. and then... Um, in 2016, I was the head writer for a show called The Fantastic Misadventures of Twisty Shakes, mm-hmm. which was an 80s fantasy parody. And then basically the Libertines helped me do my uh, Incredible Hulk burlesque act. Mm-hmm. I was in a show with them. And then by getting a play in at Annex, I was able to develop Natural and have it be accepted the year after. And I have kind of ridden that wave ever since. How would you describe um, the Libertinis to folks? What, is, what can you Describe that group to us. They call themselves an intra-arts gang um, that fuses <laughs> burlesque, clowning, theater, and dance. Um, but it really is just deconstructing genre and performance itself. And what entices you about it? Like, what draws you toward that for you? It is deeply unpredictable. Yeah. And um, I I described it to Tootsie Spangles once as, you guys say the dumbest jokes possible, but you stand by them. And I appreciate that. It's that commitment that you enjoy. Yes, it's full commitment. I learned a lot um, of clowning from them and how to uh, lean into stupidity and that thin line between stupidity and cleverness. Nice. And Pilar, what about you? How did you... Yeah, um, I moved here in 2009 to go to Cornish. I actually, uh, yeah, I transferred in as a sophomore. Um, graduated in 2012. I got an internship at Seattle Shakes for the following spring, mm-hmm. and that's um, I, the, it. Kind of started snowballing from there. I was, sure. It was a Taming of the Shrew, a remount, and I met a bunch of people, a bunch of actors and directors. Kelly Kitchens, who is one of my mentors, was Kate in the show, and then mm-hmm. she one day we were at the bar, and she was like, "Do you wanna?" be in Woodno this summer and I was like okay and then that kind of kept happening as people kept would work with me and then hire me which was really cool so um that's kind of what happened it just I, yeah. it was really I was I'm very lucky because they I'm like I just really got surrounded by the right people and he's just like finding the people that you know right right, right. Like, and being in the right place yeah the right and time. like people like Kelly like she was in that show with me then hired me and now is my boss at Seattle Public yeah. and is my directing mentor and puts me in her Christmas show so it was really it was just meeting yeah the right people yeah. the right time who needed like some little nerd to follow them around what do you look for in a collaborator um, not just a collaborator yeah, in a collaborator. Uh, first of all, I look for a nice person. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to ever be stuck in a room with someone that I don't like for six weeks. You can take someone who's not as good as the mean person and make them as good. Yeah. So I always look for a nice person. Uh, I look for a creative and open thinker. I also look for someone that will fight with me. Yeah. Um, it will check they, you. Yeah, they will yeah. check me. Yeah. If, if you can't, yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal for me, I think, in many aspects of my life if, if they don't check me then I I start to be like mm. you indulge well in I the, just get suspicious yeah. of like super nice people gotcha what yeah. you, how, <laughs> this sounds like a very like uh, how do you define nice like what is a nice person to, like, because I can be nice <laughs> yeah people are nice and then they're nice and yeah. nice is nice is nice. like slime uh, nice is like kind of robotically happy yeah. nice nice is um <laughs> <laughs> just really peppy for me. Uh, like, I feel like there's nothing... I, like, a little serial killer, a little Ted Bundy. <laughs> like, that's a nice person. Yeah. Um, because they are really 
just it's just slimy. I don't know how to mm. explain it other than it's slimy, and they could be super genuinely that way. But I just find that see through. Well, yeah, and I just find that most people are damaged in some way, and mm. if and it, it freaks me out when it seems like no, you're, nobody's damaged at all. Yeah. I don't Mar- know what that says. Marcus, what about you? Like, collaborator, like, what do you look for in a collaborator? Uh, this is generally the same. Uh, I learned this from like, watching behind the scenes of, like, Scrubs DVDs. That they have, <laughs> okay. they have a no assholes policy. That, that, gotcha. is, that is the only thing, that's the only, like, overarching rule of that show. Gotcha. Um, this is supposed to be fun. Don't ruin it for people. Gotcha. Um, Pilar and I have generally the same idea is, you know... We can't find a cruel person, but also somebody who will check you on your shit. Yeah. And not be two-faced is, I guess, what she was okay. getting at in terms of niceness. Um, is anyone in this room from L.A.? Mm. Anybody? Are you from L.A.? Okay. So I went to college in Los Angeles, and I had, a, I had a fine time, and I worked in the industry for another year, but I never, got, I never felt like I got a straight answer out of people, at least in the business. So they would say one thing and mean another. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually very comfortable in Seattle. A lot of people aren't. They talk about the freeze. Mm. Um, but in L.A., it seems like everybody wants something to do with you. Yeah. In Seattle, nobody wants anything to do with anybody, <laughs> and I love that. I like a collaborator who will work and then move on with their life and yeah. not, like... Demand a friendship, knowing gotcha. their boundaries. Gotcha. Good. Um, so, why did you gravitate towards this discipline? Like, what is it about theater or art in general? I don't it's a pretty know. loaded question. Yeah. I, yeah I, I, well, this is. Um, I started acting at four, so I've actually really never done anything else. I was a. Uh, I, I really like do not have other skills. Crave um, grave. No, no, no. My, both both my parents have been in. Um, creative industry in one way or another Um, I honestly was a really cute kid and I was well behaved and so I got an agent at four and they started putting me in commercials and then I started and then my mom and my stepdad broke up and they needed me to be somewhere after school so my drama teacher from first grade was like do you want to be in plays yeah and then so I did three plays a year with this one company every year till I was 18 gotcha and so yeah I really it was, I think it was my parents' choice, but ultimately like a great choice. I was having a good time. Yeah. Um, well, you're here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't stop. I made them send me to a conservatory. Yeah. And ruin themselves financially. So it is totally. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> uh, how about you, Marcus? Well, I writing is sort of not a fallback. It's sort of what I had to do. I had every speech impediment mm. ever growing up, mm-hmm. and. Writing was the only way to sort of get my ideas out. Many people in high school, like once like social media and, and AIM uh, came out, they're like, Marcus, you talk differently online. I'm like, I do? <laughs> and um, between that and my hyperactivity, I was put into um, some uh, summer camps for, uh-huh. for theater at a Contra Costa Civic Theater in El Cerrito, California. And it was really for my parents to put my spazziness somewhere yeah. while they could like go have two weeks in Paris or something. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. though, of course, at one point during that um, summer camp, some kid threw sand in my sister's face, and I punched him, and so the, the school called my parents in Paris. Yeah. And said, come back. Yeah. They're like, oh, no. 
I was I I, I I defend that I was protecting my sister, but it also well, put yeah. me on the outs with this theater for quite some time until I came back and filled in their ensemble for West Side Story, like, so, eight years later. So they needed something. They needed to direct that energy into something. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, kind of shifting gears here, uh, what is something you think that um, the Seattle theater scene can improve on? <laughs> Go ahead. Not too many. <laughs> Whatever you all feel comfortable disclosing. Buckle up. Okay. Um, y'all start. Y'all start. All right. Uh, diversity in theater. Yeah. Uh, Cross pollination of uh, musical theater and uh, straight playhouses. Um, I would say uh, new work develop local new work development in houses bigger than the fringe theaters. Sure. Um, I would say also uh, partnerships with other theatrical cities. Mm-hmm. I would say f- uh, f- any sort of financial help for the theaters. I think there are a lot of companies, uh, uh, they're trying, but a lot of the mid-range to smaller companies aren't tapping into mm-hmm. the uh financial assistance that could be gotten from the technical people here. Sure. I think there's a way to really cross-pollinate there and get them interested so they can give money. Yeah. Right? Young tech people have money. They need to give it somewhere. Art is a place they could give it. Yeah. Um, I think, in general, uh, treatment of artists. Uh, Seattle could (laughs) really improve their treatment of artists. I would Mm -hmm. say, um, in many ways, when it comes to treatment of artists, that means stipends that means uh, stipends and payment that also means protecting artists from problematic artists who shouldn't be working that means stopping hiring problematic people who shouldn't be working because they're bad people yeah um, a response yeah a response I would yeah. say less cis white men in leadership of the big houses yeah. I would say less white people in leadership in general mm-hmm. um, whatever gender um yeah, I could probably you you just chime in. <laughs> well, she she hit it on the head. Please, please give us money. Yeah, we need money to function and put on the shows that you want to see. And I will second diversity, um, um, casting uh, non-binary people in mm-hmm. roles that have nothing to do with their uh, with their gender, gotcha. right? Regardless of of role or anything, and not just writing something for them. Mm-hmm. I had something that it, and then it disappeared. Um, large houses. I wish they would stop focusing on that family money. Mm-hmm. What can you define? What do you mean by family money? Um, like the like the old like classic musicals sell out like crazy. And the thing is, you could do them in a really distinct, mature way. Mm-hmm. But a lot of theater companies just do. The bare minimum, yeah. Because and also spend less money on it, so because they know the money's coming in, yeah. As so, opposed to taking risks on, say, new strange chamber musicals, right? Well, and it kind of sounds like just sort of like a copy paste, like give the customer what they want. Yeah, they well, want to see Annie, but yeah. they don't want to see, you know, it's like subscriber bases. Um, yeah. they're worried they're not cultivating new subscribers. Yeah, they're um, feeding the other old subscribers, and a lot of those subscribers are literally very old. And um, our, we call them the, like, 
angel like god love them they're nice people but like the angel matinees where it's like they're almost on their way out yeah and if they're not cultivating new subscribers right those people die their kids aren't going to subscribe to the fifth because those people are dead right? right and so i think it it's a lot of that they're these people who are in one way or another irrelevant for your future seasons right i mean i just had a recent experience where i went to see uh i'm a nominator for the gregory awards Mm -hmm. yeah hey um and uh i went and saw i do i do at village theater Mm -hmm. and i go there and the and it's a matinee but it's just you know white old people and the 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 content of the play is super like it's super sexist and based in gender roles and i'm just like and i was just like why the fuck am i watching this right now like what where does this uh, what does this have anything to do like how I, I can't connect to this in this way so yeah i think that's a uh, definitely very problematic um what is kind of again going on in this idea of challenges? Uh, what has been the biggest stumbling block you've encountered in your discipline? For myself or other people? For yourself, we'll speak for yourself. Um, I need to learn to pick my battles, and I'm getting better at that. Okay, what does that look like? Uh, that looks like think about the thing you really want. Mm-hmm. Don't argue about the three smaller things, so you can get that big thing. Big picture. Yes. Um, yeah. The last five years has been me learning how to collaborate for better or for worse I can't even see myself working on a play that doesn't have at least five other voices at this point right. whereas five years ago I didn't think that would be happening at all since I, could, I feel like personally I'm very controlling right. in my personal life Gotcha. But I'm learning to let the people who are good at their jobs do better than me. Yeah. Because they are better than me yeah. at all of those things. Yeah. Trust trust in the in the collaborator. Yes. Trust in the person that you've hired to do the thing. Yeah. What about you? Um I, I would say probably self sabotage is a problem that I have. Um like I said, I am very lucky in how I've gotten hired a lot. Yeah. And I don't know how it happens but it, I'm very lucky and um, but I tend to get in my own way uh, an example of that is I did a lot of musicals for a long time then I moved up here and I stopped and I pretended like I didn't do them at all and then people started to find out that I do them so I would get invited to audition at like Village or The Fifth or things like that and yeah. um, wouldn't go because <laughs> yeah. I'd be freaked out Right. Uh, so that's yeah probably not so this idea of just like getting in your own way. Yeah, I, I can get in my own because I'm like, well, it would be one thing if I wasn't didn't have a show booked or things like that. But I'm like, well, I have this thing. So like, do I really need that thing? And it's yeah. it really it's like, yeah, you should try to be in that show because it's a good career move. But yeah. is it like the opinions of other people that you worry no, about? No, not is it like... really. Uh, I just um, I don't like to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's really I'm like very Capricorn in that way. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah, not yeah. like to fail. Yeah. And so if there's a possibility of me failing and it seems to be higher than the calcul like the calculated risk seems to be higher than the possibility of me not failing. Right. Um chances are I don't want to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> Marcus, what's your relationship like with failure and just like I'm definitely afraid of it (laughs) yeah the only reason I I perform occasionally is to challenge myself like um, uh, one of the first things I did here I was a quiz master for Geeks Who Drink for Mm -hmm. four years and I didn't think I'd be able to we we call it babysitting drunk adults yeah because it's a it's a pub quiz yeah and um, and it's competition and the people who play Pub quiz slash trivia, which is mm-hmm. a synonym, even mm-hmm. though we were told to say pub quiz, 
they can get very intense. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's money on the table, right? Like, <laughs> not much. It's like a $25 gift certificate to the place you're currently eating. It's just a way to get you to come back. And the bar will decide what their prizes are. Um, but I I didn't think I'd be able to handle yeah. a crowd of anywhere from 15 to 100. Right. And I, by the end, I still kind of barely could, mm-hmm. but I got a lot better. And I, I learned comic timing basically from reading the pre-written questions off of a piece of paper. Yeah. Depending on, um, like, if I was at the Capitol Lounge or St. Andrew's Bar and Grill or, like, a pub up in Kenmore, mm-hmm. you have to read them all very quickly. Yeah. Uh, the people in the, in the crowd. Right. And then um, I, I, my final place, I was a scorekeeper here in Fremont, mm-hmm. and that bar had a lot of improv actors, and they are very intense in terms of competition. So I had to learn <laughs> how to like, match their energy, but still be stern. Yeah, yeah. And Pilar, are there any roles that you kind of lean into? You're like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't see myself doing that, but I'll try it. I don't um, Yeah, I mean, when I first started directing, I did that to kind of challenge myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's see if you can do this. Uh, I did not, uh, a lot of people who graduate from Cornish uh, did original works, I, which is directing, writing, and acting. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do the acting track. Yeah. I think we took one directing class, and I couldn't tell you what happened in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just blacked uh, out. No, you know, it was a long time ago, and there's a lot of things that have been happening since then, so... Um, yeah, no, uh, but I when I started directing, I definitely... That was something I leaned into, is to be like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to give it a shot. And it went as well as it could have, I guess. So when you're reflecting on these experiences, like, what advice would you or do you give to someone who's coming up in your field or, you know... I would say, at least from a writer's perspective, get comfortable with small failures. You're never going to be perfectly satisfied with what you have. Um, you don't, to, to use the George Lucas-ism, you don't finish a film, you abandon it. Okay. And I could say the same thing for plays. Okay. And like I can go back and, like after performances, change the scripts of my plays, but that would drive me crazy, because I would do it for years upon years upon years. Mm-hmm. I just need to move on and get better. And evolve. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. hopefully it works. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I would say it's it's just as like a theater artist or an artist in general. Um, all You are your own best advocate. Ask for what you want. There are plenty of rooms that, like, cast, like an example, actor-wise, casting directors, they are human beings. They forget that some people exist. So ask them that you so you can come in if you see a project, right? Always ask for what you want. You're your own best advocate. Be nice. Be yourself. Don't apologize for it. Be open to change and collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, at the end of the day, it is only theater, right? Yeah. It's not the be-all, end-all. Right. You can go home and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's healthy, too. Yeah, you have to. You have to, absolutely. Like, I mean, exit strategies are key. And I think that's the thing I see a lot of, like, and, and any myself, too, I get that tunnel vision, that obsessiveness, and it's like, man, I, I just need to go home and, like, not worry about right. this. Right, there's a whole other outside world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's something, like, in college, like, uh, like it gets a bit, a bit homogenous. Like, I find myself, like, gravitating towards, like, I'm hanging out with the improv and theater people, but there's all these other folks right. outside of this bubble yeah. and circle who in, I can learn from. Totally. Like, the Seattle theater community is very in this bubble, and sometimes it is really nice to mm-hmm. get outside of it. Would not recommend, like, 
dating within it like all the time. Ah, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's a whole other. <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, what? Um, just as like uh, within the like last year, what's the most exciting piece of theater or the most striking piece of theater you've you've seen, Marcus? I think this was over a year ago. Um, yeah, yeah, over a year. Within the last five years. Right? Um, the Fifth Avenue did a production of Ragtime mm -hmm. that they brought over from the Guthrie in Minneapolis. They basically took that director and said, redo this. And this is a show that like lost to Tony in the late 90s because it was up against the fucking Lion King, <laughs> even though it's a much better show than the fucking Lion King, which is beautifully designed, yeah. but is the movie. Yeah. Um, so they, they took this very large uh, Dr. Rose story that has hundreds of characters and minimized it to, I think, 12 people. Yeah. And they took away all sets. Like, the ship was just a ladder. Mm -hmm. um, during the Act 1 finale, which is a horrible funeral, they very slowly exit the stage while the lights come up in the auditorium and it takes them a while to... Oh. So the, the auditorium has to live with that silence yeah. and the sadness of this the score that is actually very overdone, which is why I like it. I, yeah. I love musicals, and I love really overdone scores. This yeah. is uh, Flaherty and Aarons who did, like, Once, um, Once on this Island, yeah. Anastasia, Once, yeah. these people. Um, and I had seen the original production in, like, 98, which is just massive. They built an entire theater for this show. Totally. And that's where, like, the Harry Potter show is now. Yeah. But the only other way to do it is to strip everything away and realize that this story is about... Americans and immigrants finding common ground in the tiniest of ways and to push that with overblown sets is to ruin the point of the story. Right. So almost like stripping it down. Yes. So it's almost like bare necessity. In a way. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't always work. Uh, John Doyle does this. He hires actors who are also musicians. Uh -huh. He did a Sweeney Todd where they play both and it kind of doesn't work for me. Right. Um, and his shtick was originally based off of budgetary reasons, but now it's his thing, right. and it's actually kind of annoying. It does work sometimes, but he needs to find a reason why he's doing it other than What's budget the or gimmick. Yeah, gotcha. Laura, um, yeah, I would say there's a couple plays. Uh, one of them is The Invisible Hand by Ayat Akhtar, which was at ACT. Uh, it's yeah. probably one of the best plays I've ever seen and read. I really like his work. Uh, other, I just really liked the play. I thought it was a really interesting piece. Uh, another one is uh, Lydia by Octavio Solis. Uh, yeah. It's probably that is my favorite play. That's um, uh, with Strawberry. That was for Strawberry Theater Workshop. Yeah. That yeah, Octavio Solis is one of my favorite contemporary writers in general. I've been in one of his pieces, um, yeah. and so I yeah I would say both of those pieces. Gotcha. Oh. Uh, hello. Uh, we're in the middle of an interview. Hold that thought, folks, because we're gonna take a quick break. This May, the Funhouse family, in association with Theater Off Jackson, presents Funhouse Tonight, a theater-induced acid trip ripped from your television box. Funhouse Tonight is the subversion of an ordinary late-night talk show featuring local music, comedy, and reflections on topics such as the internet and your mind. There's also a mysterious grand prize. Guests include Emmett Montgomery, Annie Berry, Sarah Mack, Jim Allen, and more. Featuring live music from the fabulous Downey Brothers and Nero Taro. Two nights only, May 24th through the 25th. Tickets and info can be found at theateroffjackson.org. Join us. Now, back to the show. So, I, yeah, I would say both of those pieces. Gotcha. Oh! 
Uh, hello. Uh, we're in the middle of an interview. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> don't play uh, coy, Brian. <laughs> Do we know Wait. each other? I'm sorry. Brian, Brian, Brian. Yeah, I'm Timothy. I'm Timothy Aspic, and this is my uncle Wayne. Uh, hello, hi. What brings you in today? Why, why are you? Why are you? What's going on? Well, I thought this was your apartment. We, <laughs> we're have, we're here to have a conversation. We're here to have a conversation. We're all here to have a conversation. Well, Isn't that what this know. program is about? We're just I mean, here to have conversations. You might with, be right. Yeah. We got some mics. So. Well, let's have a conversation. <laughs> okay. Well, what, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I'm here as a proud Bostonian Christian straight edge vegan virgin celibacy advocate. That's so, a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> that is what. Um, any number of people have said. Uh, but no, it's, uh, these are things that are important to me. And, you know, I think we could all have a conversation about them. We could all maybe learn something about each other. And, and who are you? Uncle Wayne. And this is my proud nephew boy. Huh? Nephew boy. <laughs> nephew boy. Is, is that you go around boy. calling him a nephew boy? I don't understand. He's a nephew and he's a boy. So how old are, how old are you? He's right. 37. <laughs> and you still call him a nephew boy. He's my nephew and he's a boy. That's my nephew boy, you know? <laughs> I don't understand what you don't understand. <laughs> so you were trying to find your apartment. Are you lost? Are you okay? I think we're right where we need to be. <laughs> okay. God, I love how you're so full of surprises all the time. 37-year-old keeps me on my toes, huh? We have a wonderful relationship. That's true. It's true. I we love each other. once. Once. Right. Before I met Jane, my wife... Uh, yeah, we met in high school. So I was celibate before the age of uh, 16. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's one thing uh, we have in common. Right, right. Yeah. I was sober once, too, (laughs) actually. And that that was right after I had stopped being celibate, so I was around 17. Yeah, yeah. That's just taking them away. 16, what about 18? What is that, first cigarette? Oh, first cigarette. I mean, listen to me. I've been smoking since I was seven. (laughs) 18, I uh, did my first GTA. What's, what uh, is that? What Grand is Theft that? Auto? Like the, oh, oh, thank you. Not the game. <laughs> no, not the game. Look at me. <laughs> I'm not that young. Life's not a game. No, no. Oh, good lord. Are you uh, theater lovers? Do you like the theater? We were talking about theater before you came in. Oh, yes. Favorite plays, musicals? What? Favorite plays, musicals. That's a great question. It is a lot. What's I'm, the last play you saw? I saw a wonderful production of Phantom of the Opera. Okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs> G- great. What's your favorite song in Phantom of the Opera? Uh, Angel of Music, I believe. It's, uh, How does it go? Soaring vocals. Yeah, can you sing it? Can you sing a little bit? Uh, sing my angel of music. Uh, you know, it's to that effect, I believe. It was a wonderful production. Oh, wait, you're, you're tearing up a little bit. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to be one of those men who, you know, has a hard time with emotions. Jane taught me well. Let him out. Wait, Jane, no, he needs to Jane is your wife? My wife, Jane, yes. What did, what did she teach you? How to how to be in touch with my emotions. Oh, how to be. Oh, yeah. more emotionally intelligent. Yeah, she taught me I was a damaged Pisces. I said, oh, what's that mean? You know, and she she taught me about it. And so naturally I'm supposed to be very emotional, but uh, before I could accept that, I was having a hard time. And so that's when I was drinking too much. Um, I still drink, but not too much. <laughs> Just enough. <clears throat> a moderate amount. Right. Do you refer to her as a niece girl? 
<laughs> well, I think that's wildly inappropriate. Well, isn't that his aunt? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's not very funny. <laughs> but you just laughed at it. Is Did it, I? Yes. Oh. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I told you he's full of surprises. We're all full of surprises, Brian. Yeah, and we're all right where we need to be. Can I ask yeah, um, wh- why you're a ce- what, what made you decide to become a celibacy advocate? Mm, good question. Like, I... Yeah. Think sex is a little gross. Have you ever had sex? Can I ask? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, Okay. We can swear. You Uh, have had sex. I have had sex. Uh, I am married uh, happily to my wife Jennifer. Wait, unhappily. (laughs) This guy. (laughs) (laughs) Happily married, Brian. Happily married. Okay. But I hear the implication. (laughs) Is she? I guess she's also. Is she celibate? Is she celibate? Uh, No, my wife is not celibate. So you don't have children, then? No, oh, no, we That's, have children. Uh, how does that work? <laughs> you had them before you were celibate? Well, Did I, you adopt them? No, no. Did you no. just find them? <laughs> what the questions? Uh, <laughs> Take we, your time. Take your time. Well, we, we had children. We, we um, created the miracle of life together. We are proud parents. How, I, I don't... How, but how, like through immaculate conception? Well, we've, we've had sex. I... <laughs> <laughs> but you just said it's... Gr- you're, there's holes in your thinking. Well, Can you just find celibacy? I would say what that, is the celibacy? Yeah, I want to know what, what that means for you. Here's the thing with celibacy for me. Is that I think, I think a lot of people have a very narrow understanding of what sure. celibacy can and, is, and should be. And I think it's gatekeeping, and I, I, I don't agree with it. Uh, celibacy is a personal identification. It's a personal choice. It's a way of being. And uh, I identify as celibate. But you are not literally Liter- celibate. Yeah. I take offense at that, madam. I am... Madam! You can't just make shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, I'm feeling a little ambushed. Well, you literally ambushed our interview. You came in here all hot to trot. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting interpretation. Now he's getting a little red in the face. Wayne. Take some of the pressure off you. My God, all these inappropriate questions. I'm surprised you haven't asked him what sex is, huh? God, you guys really, really just upfront with the questions, a little invasive. Can we move away from the sex? Well, go no. Go. You could ask us about any number of things, Brian. No. All right. Well, we can see sex. what you have on the mind, but you could ask about any number of things. We're very well. I, I for one, am just need to know what. So I think I'm just a little confused. Yeah. Def- well, let me see if I can clear it up. Okay. I would. So you identify as celibate. What is your definition of celibacy? Celibacy for me is less of a judgment upon myself and the choices that I make, and more of a judgment upon others. Uh, the idea of others having sex is more of my issue. So, uh, so your personal. I am a sex celibacy okay. advocate, and I consider myself celibate in that. But I do have sex. Can you also define what veganism is for me? I have said, Brian, that I am a virgin <laughs> celibacy advocate. In the eyes of God, I am a virgin. In my eyes, I am celibate. I don't understand why there's such an issue here. I think we should move on. Right. Wait, well, I, I think it's yeah, very no. similar to, like, you know... How a theta artist identifies as a theta artist. Exactly. We've been talking about representation, and we've been talking about 
marginalized groups, and I, I am right. feeling a little marginalized. Hold on, Marcus. What are you? What were you going to say? Well, I, I want to know. I want to know more about the advocacy. So, say, <laughs> say, say, I am. I, I'm a young strapping lad, and I'm having sexual urges. What would you tell me to boy. tell myself? Yes, a nephew boy. You're a nephew. I'm boy. a nephew oh, boy, right. and yeah. I really want to have sex. And I come to you seeking advice. What is your advice? You've got. Pardon me. I would say, as Uncle Wayne, <laughs> you've got your own two hands. You've got your own two feet. I don't understand. You have a way to satisfy your urges. Does my nephew boy have to answer every single personal question you have about your sexual desires? Well, I mean, to I be fair, he's an better. advocate, and I would like him to advocate. Yeah. Ooh. I advocate no. Put it in. Put it, no, put I, it will, in I will go on the record that no one should be having sex. Except for you and your wife. Well, we all have weaknesses. And we all have many words for for one thing. Right. And the ways that we versa. choose to define ourselves are, are personally defined by ourselves. Are you just sexually frustrated? Is that your thing? Am I just sexually frustrated? <laughs> are, you, are you just taking this out on other people? Are you coming on to me? No, no, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> right. You're the one who doesn't know where your apartment is. Where's your apartment? Where do you live? I live here in Seattle, Brian. Do you know where we are? Seattle. You know, have you ever been to his apartment, Wayne? No, this is a new apartment. He this is me. not. A new, this is not the new apartment. He told me this is in a new apartment. I've never seen this unit before, so I'm under the impression. And Wayne, I'm place. sorry, I did lead you astray in that regard. I, I just wanted us to have this conversation, and Brian. I here, what conversation? What's a nothing conversation? That's our. Well, whose fault is that? that? Yours. <laughs> I have another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, let's clear this up. So. If you wanted us to have a conversation, why particularly this room right now, these people? Why? Mm. Why? why? Mm. Mm. I like the twinkle lights. Yeah. It's yeah. beautifully decorated. It was uh, there aren't cameras in here, but uh, if you could see it, it's quite a lovely space. And uh, we listen to the podcast, Brian. Oh, you listen to our podcast? We listen to the podcast. What's your favorite episode? What, <laughs> do you don't listen to it, do you? What? Not all the time. <laughs> Brian, we're fans. We're telling you we're fans, and you're giving us, you're grilling us. Like it's a, every time yeah. I hit scan on my like, tuna radio, I'm again, the call, again, the uh, uh, gatekeeping. We say we're fans of your show, and you say, well, prove it. I think we need to define, let's go back to veganism. What yeah, was I really <laughs> want to know about what veganism is How for you. you. All these yeah. vagants, my God. <laughs> Wait, if you're going to throw, words matter. If you're going to throw well, them around. Well, I am the proud, uh, the proud owner of a vegan restaurant. When's um, the last time you ate a cheeseburger? Yeah. Oh, that is so offensive. a couple months back. <laughs> How what? long have you owned this restaurant? <sighs> Going on seventh anniversary now. Yeah, okay. six, seven. Well, yeah. When's the last time you ate cheese? A couple days. It was horrible. We were together. It cheese. <laughs> it broke our coffee date in half by three hours. It was. It was. My point So just So the way you are celibate is similar to the way you are vegan. It's just how you identify. Well, I think it's a lifestyle that we all should adopt. But you don't adopt it. Well, I do. When? When? <laughs> when? <laughs> Some days. Some days, some days. Do you know who Rachel Dolezal is? Uh, How do you say that? Dolezal. Dolezal. Is she? Uh, 
She's from she's what? A local. She is from. She's from Washington. She's a local activist. She's a local. Yeah, she's an advocate of advocate some sort. Of some yeah, sort. right, right, right. Wasn't right. she in like blackface? Is that what I thought that was? Yeah. Yes, she was, but she does not feel that she is in blackface. And it's disgusting. I disagree with her. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure everything out. I don't see why you would bring it up. (laughs) Oh, just like, you know, hypocrites. Hypocrites, you're trying to put us in boxes. I'm talking about adopting boxes. How do you even adopt a box? What are you talking about? Uh, What are you talking about? Define what you mean right now. You're trying to put my nephew boy in a box and give him rules. Is it just calling your nephew boy putting him in a box? Yeah. No, because we agreed on this years ago when he was born. That is how I identify. I'm a nephew boy. (laughs) Whose nephew boy are you? I am your nephew boy, Uncle Wayne. That's right. That's That's right. right. This is... All right. Can you define what a social construct is? (laughs) Social construct... Speaking of constructing, constructing... Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. You're going to like this, Brian. Okay. All right. I build. I build things. What do you build? build? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to love this. I build tree houses. For the homeless in Seattle. In Seattle. Oh. In Seattle. In you Seattle. You wouldn't be able. Wow. Really? Yeah. In well, Seattle. I don't. I don't get paid for it because. But do you, where? Where are those tree houses? In the trees that the homeless <laughs> folks live in. Oh. Because think about it. The homeless people are on the ground, right? Who else is on the ground? Police. <laughs> and we say, what do we say? Fuck the, the police. police. All right. That's right. So. Are there any police officers? <laughs> Well, I don't really care. Uh, (laughs) So what I do is I build a little treehouse for them to get off the ground so they can get away from the enemies. And then they live up. up Right, they scurry up there in their little treehouse. And Jane helps me with the, you know, the designs. Each one is unique. And so I go into the communities and I talk to them about what they need. Can you climb up three steps, three two-by-fours of wood? (laughs) Do you need seven? How many stories do you want? You can live in luxuries too. (laughs) Only if. You believe in our landscape. What, what is it about the landscape that they need to believe in? Okay, tell me this, Brian. All these, sc- just... all these skyscrapers that go up, huh? What do we knock down That's before they, they do. go up? Yeah, right. We knock out trees. We knock out nature. We knock out the land. Why don't we use the land? Why don't we use the land and build homes? I don't understand. So, you, so this is a volunteer thing that you do? Yeah. That's cool. It's my hobby. All right, it's a hobby. Cool. Keeps me happy. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, but I make my money when I build real shit. What what is it? I mean, not to say that that? this is fake shit, but I, I, well, construction. Okay. So I actually do wear a hard hat and I get paid for it. So I'm licensed and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you have, you're a lot more of a positive influence than a... Wow. <laughs> Another dichotomy. <laughs> I really thought this time room would be a little Brian, more inviting. Uh, I mean, you're like foils of one another, in a way. I, can you be a little more specific? Yeah. Well, you, you, you bring out your... I don't know. You bring out each other's traits. Well, yeah, because we're like, family. <laughs> he's my uncle man, I'm his nephew boy. That's right. <laughs> Have you ever seen my cousin Vinny? The, the yes. movie or like a literal, like your cousin Vinny? No, well, I'll tell you a fun fact, but I'm talking about the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Marissa <laughs> Tomei. That is right. God, what a woman. The Ute. The, the Utes. I'll tell you about the Utes. Funny enough, that story was based off my Uncle Vinny. 
No way. Yeah. Wow. Closest wow. I ever got to acting. So you're. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's why so I build shit. That's I why you build shit. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Wait, cool. Did you want to be an actor? I did when I was a kid, oh. which is why I find your story so inspiring. Well, what stopped you? <sighs> All right. Well, I didn't want to talk about this, but here we are. Yeah. We're now. Here, here we are. <sighs> we had the family over. And they said, oh, how cute is he? Look at him, he's growing up. And they're talking to my dad about why he gives me a hammer at the age of four. And he goes, well, my son needs to build. And they said, why don't we break this, uh, what is this, generational uh, uh, legacy, huh? Ancestors, fuck that. Why don't, why don't you make him a star from Long Island, New York? Can you imagine your boy grows up to be a star? They put me in front of the family at the table, asked me to recite a couple lines. Monotone. Just monotone the entire can, time. Can, what were the lines? What did you say? Can you remember? Yeah. You want to go back? No, I was really nervous. I kind of blacked out the whole thing. I'm telling you a story they told me after <coughs> it happened. Well, here's your second chance. All right. Let's, let's give it a shot. Okay. Clean slate. All right. You're at the dinner table. Okay. You're literally at the table. Oh, God. What do you see? Describe it. I see a turkey. Okay. Some cranberry sauce. Yeah. Some rolls. Who's sitting at the table? You know, Ma and Pa. Yeah. What are they doing? Eating. Fighting. Okay. Now, now go into your text. Okay. Hi. I'm very hungry. There is a table full of food. And I'm a poor orphan boy. Could I have some more, please? Was that all of twist? What is that? I don't know. It with the lines they gave me. I didn't think that was bad. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. I mean, this yeah. was what fifty years ago, so I like to think I grew up a little bit, huh? Yeah, got some life experience. Yeah, you could always yeah. audition. Go yeah. to a community theater. I mean, I love the theater. I I, I get my scraps from the alleyways of theaters. Your, oh, your, your like to build, to build. Yeah, yes. yeah. Cafe Nordo. Right, it's not a euphemism. No. No. Oh. <laughs> he gets his scraps from the Oh, we thing. have fun. We have fun. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's your favorite piece of theater you've ever seen? Mm. Like live in the theater? Yeah, like okay. live in the theater. Because <laughs> I keep going back to Grease the Musical. I love that. Film. I, you know, I'm a weird fan of Grease too. Oh <gasps> God. Reproduction, the song, love that song. Oh my God, Grease Lightning. <laughs> That's what I know. I've been in Greece a few times, actually. The Who did you play, Rizzo? Did you play Rizzo? Yes. Oh, I know it. I've also Rizzo. played Jan, but yeah, Rizzo mostly. Which was your favorite? Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. Rizzo. I like Rizzo. her. <laughs> I like to think Jane is kind of like a Rizzo in her own right, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. What's your relationship like with Jane? She's a lovely woman. We do everything together. We yeah. build together. Yeah, we met in Three high houses. school. Well, yeah, I build the tree houses. You know, she helps me design the little shapes and stuff. And she paints. She's a painter. That's what she does. You know, she paints. Uh, does a little faux finish here and there. So Beautiful. what kind of painting? Like a faux finish here. Oh and no, there. no, I know. But like, the, what else does she does she paint? Is she like? Oh yeah, she does murals. Oh, okay. So and, and, and portraits. I mean mm -hmm. anything. You know, 
thinking about keeping us in boxes, huh? Right. Well, you know how... yourself down. <coughs> I know, I know. Not to bring up any bad memories. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I well, get a little worked up. Go on. Go on. If you I'm sorry. What are we glossing over right <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we covered it. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Okay, continue. So artists. Um, artists define themselves as artists, and uh, that could mean many things. You know, I met an artist once who was also a barista. I said, I don't understand. I thought you were an artist. They said I could be multiple things. I said, all right, well, I guess. Well, we do contain multitudes. I guess. I mean, I was building ever since I was eight. So I've only known building, right? But you also knew theater because you dabbled in it. Well, I'd say I take two-by-fours out of the alley behind Cafe Norda to help me build up my treehouses. <laughs> but... you, you said you started building at eight, but you were handed a hammer at four. What happened during those four years? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was under supervision by my father, and then when he would go to work during the day when I was eight, I would build cabinets at home and boxes. You know, just emergency stuff. Sensible answer. Right. <laughs> it's in the genes. Unlike someone in the room. Wow. With unsensible answers. Wow, that is very offensive. Do you guys have right. a like a... A history we don't know about? No. Yeah, do you share foil? Do we, Brian? Do we? Uh, You're the one who came in here thinking that this was... And you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. No, no, no. We're having a great time and we're having a good conversation. And we brought up a lot of it. uh, Uncle Wayne here talked about... Talked about... Talked about... My profession. His profession. Mm-hmm. His profession, mm-hmm. Brian. Because that's how he defined himself. So how, so w- going back to the advocacy work, mm-hmm. where does that play out in your life? Like yeah. How do you, yeah, where do, where do you funnel that? Are you like the, the flat earther guy? Do you, do you start a Facebook group and then people join it? Facebook is one of the many tools. Yeah. One of the many tools. Uh, cool, I, cool, I just cool. reach out and... Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, and I have many causes, you know. It's not just when I Are say Are you a flat earther? What was that? Are you a flat earther? God, no. Those people are fucking idiots. <laughs> okay, I was just, yeah, you know. Excuse but you me, can sorry. see some parallels that Pilar is, is making. I cannot, Brian. All right, all right. Describe <laughs> the parallels. Describe the parallels, because I'm delusion. intersecting delusion. the line. Yeah, delusion. delusion, I think, is one. Delusion. Delusion. Yeah. We think you're delusional. I mean, I think, I'm not going to speak for anyone else. I'll, I think you're delusional. Have you but. ever done drugs? <laughs> I'm going to abstain from that question. Brian. Yeah, what? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, nothing, huh? nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm just thinking about my straight edge advocacy, which I brought up. And okay, how do you define oh, straight edge? Oh, I forgot. Edge? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yes, we got to talk about that. that. What is that? Straight edge? Yeah. That's whatever you want it to be. I like AFI. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you like Voice. Alkaline Trio? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. You draw Wonderful X's on your hands? Music. Hell yes. That's an X's on your hands right now. Hell What is that? No. Do you write love on your hands? Is that straight edge? No, that's about suicide. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn it. How? How dare you conflate those two things? <laughs> straight edge. Insensitive. <laughs> and this is what we have to deal with. This is what we have to deal with. What, it's all what, these preconceived notions of what things are. When I say straight edge, automatically jumps to suicide. What is, Why is spare? That? Why like, is that? okay, so I'm, 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 I'm really mm. confused. So, you, do, do you? Do, when's the last time you drank alcohol? Yeah. 
Are you drunk right now? I smell <laughs> Are you drunk I right smell now? It. Well, I smell it on you right nobody's now. Nobody's perfect. Nobody can be one thing all the time. And sometimes, sometimes, uh, for instance, you're in church and you have Holy Communion. Is that is that uh, breaking straight edge? Who am I to say? Okay, but what well, about like if you're at home and you ha- do you ever ha- have a beer at home? Well, you know... <laughs> Sometimes it's a little stressful. You get home. You something we all need to unwind. You don't need to explain why. I, I don't drink it. I question. don't drink at concerts. You don't drink at concerts <laughs> while singing, concerts. Al- like seeing AFI or Alkaline Trio. That's where you don't drink. I believe that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't drink at concerts. With your sh- okay. Oh, oh. Do you do you believe in what you're saying at all? One hundred percent, Brian. I believe in what I'm saying, and I believe in all of us. I believe in all of us to be able to define ourselves and to move ourselves upwards until the definitions don't matter anymore. All right, nephew boy, check this out. Here's a black Sharpie, here's my wrist. Three black X's for you, because I fully support you. (laughs) This man, this man. You know, in some way I feel like the the unconditional love between you two is is endearing. But it's it's damn right. It's it I think unhealthy. Can I ask unhealthy? Uh, who your are your parents? Are you Do the you sibling hate families, of his Brian? parents? No. What, what were you saying? I want to know where are you the sibling? Are you the brother of either uh, Aspic's mom or dad here? Or oh, we're not related by blood. <laughs> Okay. I am okay. so sick of this narrowly defined this is, family. How, who's, Blood? This man is my uncle. Wayne. And you cannot take that away from oh, me. Oh, I don't think anyone's That's trying right. to take it away. No. I was just curious. Just trying to because you could not if you tried. That's right. <laughs> so uncle in the, in the in, like, as a term of, in, speaking of endearment, endearment? This man is my uncle. That's right. But not by and blood. I am his nephew boy. That's right. <laughs> not by blood. Where were you going? What? Where were you headed? Were you headed here? We were headed here. We told you we are fans of the podcast, Brian. And we thought, we thought, we thought this would be a welcoming environment. But, you know, clearly we Oh, my God. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. This is an unwelcome environment. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how your guests are expected to work in this environment. It's just truly unprofessional. And I am sorry to have to say that. Uncle Wayne, what? This is Funhouse? This is the podcast this is what I was telling me about? Yes! Oh my god! You guys, it is <laughs> such an honor to be here with you. I love your work. What's you this see, another surprise do you hear? Do you hear how complimentary I have been of you, Brian, to my Uncle Wayne? That's right. It'd be a little nice if you could return the courtesy in the way that you Now somehow I feel, like, terrible. Wow, if I, if I would have known, I would have been on air. I'm I not here to tell you how to feel. <laughs> what are some of the warm-ups? Yeah, I'd love to hear about your vocal some. warm-ups. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. What's one? I do this one before and after I smoke a cigarette, just to keep, <laughs> just to keep the airways through. Ah, that just gets rid of the roughness. Yes, that's mm-hmm. smelling. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then I go into a... Oh, make sure I can hear the bottom of myself. Oh, okay. And then, Jane taught me this one. Me, 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 I'm a little Pisces. Me, 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 I'm a little Pisces. Me, 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 I'm your Pisces man. <laughs> and then we get the range. I'll have to remember that one. Yeah, I feel like that one's going to be really useful. Me, 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 I'm a Pisces man. Me, 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 
I'm a little Pisces. I'm a little Pisces. Pisces, yeah. Pisces. 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 That's right. Pisces. Pisces. When's your birthday? Pisces. March 13th. March 13th. Oh, it's coming up. 1961. That's 1961. Right. That's right. All right. Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> it was great seeing you two. Glad that you're a fan of the show. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, day in the uh, thank you so much for being here. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for Pleasure. interrupting. Oh, you're welcome. Pleasure. Yeah. Can we do uh, you will soon. probably be able to listen yeah. to yourself cool, soon. Cool. Soon. I'm uh, best of luck on the advocacy uh, and understanding words. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, really. Thank you, and best of luck on your podcast. Yeah, we really are. That's right. We're fans. Get We're fans. Right. We're supporters, Brian. Thank you. Everyone should listen to this podcast. And I'm a supporter of celibacy when I want to be. I'll take it. For Hey, I'm Pilar O'Connell, and uh, you can see me in action playing Phoebe in As You Like It at Seattle Shakespeare Company, uh, April 26th through May 19th. My name is Marcus Gorman. You can find out more info at marcusgorman.com. And the next thing coming up is SIF uh, will be starting opening night, May 16th, and will be running for 25 days. Hey, I'm Adrian Fergola Kluchets. I use he, him, and they, them pronouns, and I played Uncle Wayne. Uh, you can see me in May doing a sketch at the Pocket Theater, and you can follow me on Instagram at probably your dad. Probably Y E R dad. My name is Keenan Ward. I uh, did Timothy Aspic. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Keenan and Kale, like the vegetable. Uh, I recently finished shooting a uh, indie horror film. Uh, you guys should check out. Uh, look up Skagit Horror Film. Uh, yeah, follow on Facebook and check it out later this year. Thanks, Andy Shilley, for welcoming us to Purgatory at the top of the show. Join us again next week as we talk to Bandit Theater founder Annie Barry. Later, we'll be joined by Flat Earther Shelby Silvers, Maxwell Kensington, and the Funhouse family hype man. Come see Funhouse tonight at Theater Off Jackson, May 24th and the 25th. Our theme music was composed by Alex Place. Our logo was designed by Alex Vincini. Our audio... Fish media. Yeah.